We are stoked to tell you about our first sponsor, Anchor. If you're like us and you want to start a podcast but have no idea where to start, listen up. So when we first decided to start a podcast, we were looking for a way to put your brain on weird out to the most people um, without having to do the most work. We are so happy that we found Anchor because they distribute our show to apps like Spotify and Apple Podcasts for us. This means that our listeners can find us wherever they already listen without having to download anything new. Once you're ready to get going, just create an account and start recording. They have the tools you need to record and edit your podcast. You can even edit on the go from your phone. Anchor has everything you could possibly want, including free transition sounds and photos that you can use to build your show. Not only that, but you can start making money as soon as you release your first episode. The best part is that all of this is free. So if you want to make a podcast, go to anchor.fm and get started today. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M. By supporting them, you're supporting podcasts like us, too. Your Brain on Weird is recorded in private homes in a state where marijuana is recreationally legal. This show's content is intended for adult audiences only. Welcome back to Your Brain on Weird. I'm Sam. I'm Jess. And this is a podcast about spooky, scary skeletons. And... <laughs> yes. Correct. <laughs> and ghosts and cryptids as well. And other things. And other things. Other weird stuff. <laughs> thank you for joining us once Yay. again. And if this is your first episode, thank you for joining us to begin with. <laughs> So how are you doing today? I'm great. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I've been very productive over the last couple of days. Um, and I've gotten to hung out to hang out with some friends and in the safety of our home. Uh, so it's been nice. I uh, <laughs> I feel like the last week has been just like really, really weird, though. So I have been in writing just like... <sighs> I guess, like, for lack of a better term, I've just been getting, like, absolutely slammed with, like, synchronicities and shit. And, of course, like, in my head, I'm like, I need to pay attention to it at this point. Because if I ignore it, like, what's the point? So I pay attention to all of them, and I'm just like, ah, ah, ah. And there's just, like, so much shit happening around me. And I know you had something, like, a yeah. few, like, weird ones last week, too. Yes, I've had a few um, weird synchronicities as well. And encounters? <laughs> experience oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah um so but things like quieted down over the last couple of days and i actually had time to think so i got a lot of stuff done other than that but how are you i'm good uh just been working um also experiencing the weird synchronicity storm but like definitely less so than you that's probably fine I had to start. I had to start writing them down. I had to start keeping track. Dude, okay, so I started wa- uh not watching, listening to A Fool's Guide to the Occult, mm-hmm. and they are pretty fucking funny. One and okay. two, it's just like a really simple, like literally, like they start at like the beginning of like, oh, so you're interested in the occult, and one of the things that they say in the first episode is start writing everything down. Yeah. And I haven't been, but I've been tweeting about mm-hmm. it, so I count that. And Yes. Yeah, it's still you, like, documenting it, and you can, like, go back and, like, see what day it happened and shit if you really want to. Yeah. So um, we, like, went for that walk the other day and saw those naked trees, which was really Oh, cool. yeah. Well, the thing was is, like, the bark was stripped, like, from the bottom, like, to like six feet up the tree mm-hmm. and i was like do beavers do that and only one tree had like beaver bites I want someone to like tell me what the fuck happened with this thing at goodwill last week oh yeah okay 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 yes sorry so, i'm following i'm following fool's guide to the occult so i remember to listen to it yeah yeah, um, yeah. okay yeah. anyway so i went to goodwill last week 
and I got really stoned before going in because Mm -hmm. I love doing that and just like looking around and picking up some shit. Um, (laughs) And I went before work. So I was like, I have an hour. I'm just going to like hang out. And I like picked up a couple books for my niece to be. And uh, I picked up like a couple, like a bottle that I was going to put hot sauce in. And I picked up a new bag Mm -hmm. um, so I could like bring my lunch to work. (laughs) Nice. Nice. And oh, return of the hippie bag. This time it's blue. (laughs) Oh, perfect. Yes. Love it. It's very good. I like walked into the store and I was like, that's the one. (laughs) (laughs) You live in a good area for that kind of stuff. So I do. Yeah. So then I like. Wasn't really paying attention to, like, what was going on around me, but, like, I, like, got up to the checkout, and there was, like, someone else in front of me, and the cashier, like, made a comment, he's like, a buck five, how does that sound? And I was, like, like looked at him, and I was like, I'm fucking weird like, guy. This guy's like, weird, yeah. <laughs> and then I go up to him with all of my stuff, and he's, like... He, like, picks up the bag and scans it in the book, and he scans it, and he, like, picks up the bottle, and he's just, like, holding the bottle for a minute, (laughs) and he's, like, he, like, takes a step back and, like, holds his hands out, and he's, like, I gotta tell you, I'm getting the weirdest vibes off this bottle, and I was, like, what? (laughs) And he's, like... Can you feel this? I know you can. I know you can feel this. Like, what do you feel from this bottle? I was like, oh, I know some putting hot know. sauce in it, man. I, like, I, I, like, yeah, I was like, I was just gonna make hot sauce and put hot sauce in it, and I thought it was gonna look cute with hot sauce in it, <laughs> because I was very stoned. <laughs> yes, yes, right. And I was like, I don't know. I was just like drawn to it, I guess. And he's like, ah. Okay, well, it just has, like, really strong energy, and, like, I don't really normally tell people this, but, like, I'm a psychic, and I just, like, feel something really strong about this, and I feel something really strong from you, too, and I was just, like, okay, yeah, like, yeah, I'm, like, I'm vibing with you right now, guys, sure, let's, like, let's talk about this. (laughs) Oh my god. Uh, So he just, like, talked to me, he's like, so you've had, like, psychic abilities since you were probably around like three or four maybe a little bit younger than that and like you've always had this ability like and like do you feel anything and i was like um i don't know i like usually i'm pretty good about like picking up uh, like other like signals and stuff that other people are doing and he's Mm -hmm. like oh you're an empath and i was like yeah yeah (laughs) yeah i am and he's like, yeah, yeah, like, I can see auras and stuff, and some people have this color, some people have this color, but yours is, like, all these different colors. And I was like, okay. <laughs> You're but, like, man, um, I just came here to thrift, like, what's Right? Happening? I was like, I just want to make hot sauce. <laughs> so I, like, walked out of there, and I was, like, so overwhelmed. Yeah, Because I, like, yeah. had ended up talking to him for, like, ten minutes. Jesus. And... I was, like, afraid I was going to get late to work, too. And I was like, oh, God, I gotta go. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But I told him about the podcast. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. So uh, there's that. And he's like, I hope I see you again. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Uh, so that was my very, very weird experience in Goodwill the other day. And uh, if anyone else sees auras, like, let me know. <laughs> I want to know what having a rainbow aura is like and why. I was going to say, yeah. Yeah. Weird. (sighs) Weird. It was, oh, yeah. Yeah, I was just not prepared for it. But then um, I, like, did a a reading when I went to work. Um, I pulled a couple cards, except I didn't didn't pull them. You mean they they flew out or something or what? One of them instantly flew out. Yeah, yeah. Instantly. The other one, I was shuffling the deck, and it was right side up in the deck. And you're like, how'd you get that way? Yeah. Yep. Nice. It, okay. It, it, it wasn't a card that I had, like, pulled recently or anything, so uh-huh. it was just, I was just like, You're like, I guess this okay. is it. And then I pulled, like, another one, and it was like, you're going through, like, a transition period in your life right now, and it's gonna be scary, but you have to, like, open your mind and, like, go forward, because, like, this is something that you, like, need to do. And I was just, like, very interesting. 
That is very interesting. So I have a lot of things to think about that I have been thinking about recently. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, although I don't think I've really met a psychic before, so that was interesting. I don't know if any of our friends are psychics. <sighs> I am not sure. I think I have... Oh, man, I have one friend who... She said that she sees she sees things a lot. Okay. And I told her that she was like, no matter where I am, I see things. And um, I was like, okay, well, do you think that that means you have like some kind of like ability? And she was like, yeah, I like definitely think so. And the thing, the reason why I like believe her is because I don't know if she's like okay with me talking about it. So I'm not going to say her name. Um, but the thing that convinces me the most about it is that like we worked together like i've known her for years and years and years we like worked together for a really long time we were both assistant managers for a store so we like worked really closely mm-hmm. and like we were friends um and she never not once brought it up so like weird yeah and then of course when i ask she like posted something on facebook about like seeing something in her house and um I, like, just messaged her, and, like, like, we were talking about it, and that was how she, like, brought it up to me. So it's not like she, like, came out and said it. And I feel like those are the people that you can trust the most. Yeah. Because they don't want to say anything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. But, yeah. That's very cool. Mm-hmm. I will, cool. I will, I definitely want to talk to her about that. I think I know who you're talking about, so. Yeah. Um. <laughs> That's great, because I already see things. So. Yeah. I literally, oh, my God. My boss came into work late yesterday and I was like in the basement and her office is in the basement and I thought I saw her come down the stairs and then like walk into her office and normally she just like puts her stuff down and then gets to work Mm -hmm. and like I was like oh she's been in there for a while so I like convinced myself that she was just like hanging out i was like nah she's just hanging out in there whatever yeah and then i like go over to like get a trash bag and i have to walk by her office you kind of like look in yeah and i like looked in and she wasn't there yet so i like okay i was like all right so i just imagined my boss walking down here or i saw something something that's actually really weird because I don't think it was last night. Maybe it was the night before. It could have been last night. I think it was the night before last. Um, I was in the kitchen and I was like cleaning or doing something. I don't, I don't know. Like maybe like five minutes before that, Jeff and I had been like hanging out in our bedroom. And so I walked out of our bedroom to go to the kitchen and Jeff like comes out of the bedroom like a few minutes later and he's like, walks into the kitchen and he's like looking at me with like this weird look on his face and he's like he's like yeah this place is definitely haunted and i'm just like i'm just like where the fuck did that come from i'm like where the fuck did that come from and so i'm thinking like oh you're just being dramatic yeah and he's like well he was like i was coming out of the bedroom and i swore that i saw you like turn the corner and walk into the living room and then i like come out here and you're in the kitchen and I was like, well, that, like, doesn't check out. <laughs> and oh I was, I was like, God. I was like, well, okay, well, I don't know. We have big windows. The shades were open. And it was really dark in that room. So I'm, like, standing here trying to, like, be like, okay, well, maybe you just saw your shadow or something like that. He was like, yeah, I, like, kind of saw, saw it out of the corner of my eye. So I don't really know. And so we were just like, hmm, hmm. So <laughs> very similar. Like, Jeff, well, thought, Jeff thought that I was in the living room, and then he, like, yeah. looks into the living room, and I'm not there. Yeah. That's weird. That's very, very weird. All right, yeah. so... You'll have to bring that up to Jeff. There's if you, another if you synchronicity. Text him, if you te- yeah, if you text him about it, I bet he'll talk. I bet he'll, like, talk to you about it. Wow. Hell yeah. I'll definitely do that later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, holy shit. <laughs> oh, dude, the, the Jim Carrey thing. Do you want to talk about the Dude, oh my thing? god! <laughs> I want to talk about the Jim Carrey thing. I fucking forgot, and I don't think I gave Nick this latest update, so. Uh-oh. Yeah. Um. So, we've been having this weird chain of synchronicities with Jim Carrey, and it started when Nick had a dream about Jim Carrey, and for whatever reason, he was like, that was a really weird dream, and I was like, that was a really weird dream. And then we were hanging out with my sister and her girlfriend and, like, what was the first thing? I think the first thing was, like, I was going through Twitter and I, like, 
saw something about Jim Carrey on Twitter, and I was like, whoa, Nick, like, oh, he was on SNL, that's what happened. And it was, like, the day after Nick's dream, and I was like, oh, that's very weird. Did Nick know that he was on SNL? No, and he had the dream Friday night, so... Oh, okay, so, yeah. So it was Sunday morning. Yeah, that you saw it. Oh shit! Like he was on SNL. Like after, like, and he hasn't done anything for a really, really long time. Yeah, you're like, like, oh, that's weird. Relevant. Mm -hmm. And like we were talking about that, and then um, my sister's girlfriend was like, "Oh, Jim Carrey was like in this like Netflix special recently. It was like a documentary about how he was like so like." in character for the filming of this one movie that it was like really weird and hmm. Nick, do you remember the name of that movie? I have no idea. Okay. Shit. Hold on. I'm gonna figure I'm gonna figure it <laughs> <Fuck>. out. <laughs> oh my god. A great Jim Carrey movie just hit Netflix. What is it? Yeah, what is it? Okay. What? Uh, Man on the Moon. Man on the Moon. Okay. Okay, so it's called Man on the Moon, and he got okay. so into the role that they felt like they needed to make a documentary about it. Oh. Sorry, I thought I was going to sneeze. So anyways, so she Sarah brought that was up talking and you're about like, that, oh. and I was just like, all right, that's like three, which alone is a lot. And then um, I tweeted about it, and but I just tweeted like, oh, like Jim Carrey synchronicities. <laughs> and... Chris replied and he was like, oh, there's this new documentary about Man on the Moon. And I was like, literally, like, yes. that is the context that we were talking about it in. I was like, I can't believe you just like picked that out. Yeah. And, um, one of the players fucking brought up The Mask, the movie The Mask. With Jim Carrey. In it. With Jim Carrey in it. And later that day, I think it was Chris again who... Um, like, used a reaction of fucking Jim Carrey in the mask and, like, to one of my tweets. And I was like, dude, what the fuck? I was literally just talking about this movie. And then the thing with with what you saw, which was, what? It was a live stream that they did for the Museum of the Paranormal and the Occult that Greg and Dana did. And they did it at, like, the Clown Motel in Nevada. Um, I think it's in Nevada. And... They were, like, panning around one of the rooms in the clown motel, and they focused on, like, this picture. And so everybody in the live stream was saying, like, who they thought this, like, clown looked like. And everybody was saying Jim Carrey. God So everybody it. in the chat was just like, Jim Carrey, Jim Carrey, Jim Carrey. Like, everyone was saying that that clown looked like Jim Carrey. So I, like, screenshotted it and sent it to you, and I was like, what the fuck? It's so, so weird. something very important or interesting is going on with Jim Carrey. And, like, that's just, it's so many times. That's so many times. Why? Like, why did that keep popping up in, like, a week? I have no idea, man. So weird. So weird. So So weird. weird. Oh, my God. Okay. So, Jim Carrey, if you're listening to this, thank you. Thank you for your work. Thanks for existing. (laughs) Yes. I love your work. I love your work. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. Okay, so... I also wanted to talk about, while we were recording, my, like, the synchronicities I got with Jerome <laughs> last week. Yes. So it was it was a couple days after the Jerome episode got released, I think. Yeah, so it was last week. It was a couple yeah. days after that. Jeff and I were going up to Boston to visit one of his friends. And on the way up there, there was this, like, overpass over like the highway and it had just the word Jerome like spray painted huge across the overpass and so I just kind of like looked up at it and I was like hmm that's cool like weird and then um the like weirdest part was that when we got to our friend's house we were just kind of all like hanging out in the living room whatever and all of a sudden Jeff's friend like breaks out his computer and all of his pictures and he's like oh like let me show you some of these pictures that I took on my trip to the to the west on like this biking trip and I was like okay cool like I was like he probably like knows him from New Mexico or something and he's like wants to show me pictures like whatever and so he's like going through and he's like oh yeah so we like we were like near Death Valley and we were like on this like mountain biking back backpacking trip and we like found this like ghost town and i was like oh that's weird like i was just talking on my podcast this week about like 
a ghost town called Jerome. And he's like, oh, like, that's weird. And then he's telling me about how there's this, like, there was this, like, grave that was just, like, in the middle of the desert, like, in the middle of nowhere. And I guess how they found it was that they, like, they, like, set up their camp. And then the next morning when they woke up, he had, like, set up his tent right next to where the grave was. Wow, what? Yeah. So he showed me on the map where it was, and I was like, okay, well, if I ever go down there, I might have Holy to go shit. see what this is all about. Um, but I just thought that was really fucking weird, because it was it was unprompted, like, completely unprompted. Yeah, that is so weird. And then, um, I think, like, the day after that, Greg and Dana Newkirk were at a ghost town in the Midwest, or in the Southwest. So I was like, geez, what's all the, like, weird shit with ghost towns? I don't know, man. Very strange. It's the ghosts. From the drone. They're like, hey man, thanks for talking about us. I'm like, you're welcome. It's that bad bitch who ran the brothel. Yes! Oh, friggin' well, so there was Linda. No, I just made that. <laughs> I was like, it definitely wasn't Linda. It was Jenny. Okay, it was Jenny Botters, was one of them. Jenny? I think it was Jenny. And then uh there was Nora Butter Brown. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The boss bitches of the town. The boss bitches. Yes. (laughs) Speaking of Linda, sorry, this is off topic. Why was the last episode of Bob's Burgers so bad? (sighs) It made me so uncomfortable. Okay, yes, it it made me really uncomfortable. And like Nick turned to me and he was like, that was bad, right? And I was like, yeah. (laughs) I think it's just a certain kind of like sense of humor because there were a few people that I talked to that were like, I thought it was really, really good. And I was like. Are you sure you're not thinking of the episode before that? Because the episode before that was really, really good. Yeah, the first episode of the season. It was so I good. It I loved it. The most recent one made me very uncomfortable. Yeah, I didn't like it. I don't know if it was like their play on like the pandemic situation happening, but I did not like it. Yeah. I didn't like the way that it was executed, I think. I think they like, if they had made it less of a huge part of the episode, I don't think it would have bothered me so much, maybe. I don't yeah, because usually they have like two storylines going on, but the entire storyline was just that. That's true. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> Very weird. Yeah, weird. All right. Well, maybe next week will be better. The Halloween episode. It's got to be. Oh, man. The Halloween episodes are always really good. I need to I need to do my yearly Bob's Burgers Halloween episode spam. Yes, correct. Very Me good. Me as well. All right. So before or before I tell you my story thing, I have another surprise for you because <laughs> it's my favorite thing on earth. What? I'm sending you a Facebook message and you can click on the link for the surprise. Okay. <gasps> <gasps> oh my god! <laughs> it's a website. Yes! Yay! I finally oh motivated my myself to do it. Have you experienced something weird? Ah! Just right in your face. I love that. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I made this website. Oh, yeah. It is yourbrainonweird.squarespace.com for now. Wow. It's not quite done yet, but. (laughs) Yeah, I got like, I I tried to find a spot for all of our art. There it is. There it is. Wow, I love this. Thank you. This Thank is incredible. You. I wow. really like it. I'm pretty proud of it. So that's what I've been doing for the last two days. I've just been like sitting at my computer, like chugging coffee and just being like, oh, we're going to put this over here. We're going to put this in my like. <laughs> it's been fun. Wow. That was incredible. I love that. Good. Thank you I'm so glad. much for doing that. You're so welcome. It was very fun. Mm-hmm. It was like uh, my MySpace days, except for without the HTML. <laughs> Less HTML, please. So we can start. Uh, we can start just plugging that at the end of the episode, and everyone can find everything there. And our ending won't be as long. Please go to our website. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Do you want to tell me a story now? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. All right. The intro was kind of long, but that's okay because my story is semi-short-ish, short for me, so oh. regular size, I guess. Um. <laughs> Whoops. Regular size Rudy. (laughs) I just don't want to miss anything important. Okay. So this is the possession of Elizabeth Knapp, better known as the Groton Witch. Whoa. Okay. It is uh, one of the first documented possessions that happened in New England. Love me a local story. I was wondering if that was 
Groton? Yes. R. Groton. Groton, Massachusetts. R. Groton. Not spelt like R. Groton, though. It's G-R-O-T-O-N. Not the cheesy potatoes. <laughs> it's not the cheesy potatoes. <laughs> that is uh. so sad. <laughs> I love cheesy potatoes. Why didn't they just name it after petition to rename Groton after cheesy potatoes? I think, you know, as tribute to Elizabeth Knapp. <laughs> we could do that. Who clearly loves cheesy potatoes. Of course. Of course, who doesn't? In what year? What year was she around? Well, I'll tell you. First, okay, before I get into this, I want to put a quick trigger warning on this. Uh, I'm going to be talking a little bit. I mean, this is a possession case, so it is a little bit disturbing. I'm going to be talking about, um, you know, there's some, like, abuse involved, possibly um, a lot of, like, discussion about mental illness. So just keep that in mind. Uh, And really quick, my sources were Wikipedia, uh, womenhistoryblog.com, and an article from a 1997 publication by the Bigelow Society, which was written by one of Elizabeth Knapp's descendants. Oh, So that was cool. Is it the same Bigelow that... (laughs) No, I was thinking that. It's not Bob Bigelow. It's not Bob. Okay. It's not It's not Skinwalker Ranch Bob Bigelow. Yeah, okay. I don't think. I don't think so. So, we're in Groton, Massachusetts in the 1670s. Wow, okay. So, I bet they did eat cheesy potatoes in the 1670s in some form. Maybe. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I don't know what year potatoes came over here. That's true. You can continue talking. We'll have to figure that out. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I'm curious. Well, okay. So this is the part that we already know then. You don't even have to listen to this part. So for anybody who's not from Massachusetts, Groton is 32 miles west of Boston, to be exact. It is between, to put it into perspective for people who are local, it's between Lowell and Fitchburg. And it's kind of near the New Hampshire border. So yeah, it's like northern Massachusetts. Yeah, um, I actually didn't grow up that far from there. Oh yeah, you didn't. It was like right over the border. Yep. Yeah, and yeah. I lived right over the border on the other side. <laughs> All right, so we're in the 1670s, Massachusetts. Um, at this time, this area of Massachusetts was very Puritan, and Groton had what I saw described as quote an overwhelmingly strict religious atmosphere. They believed very heavily in confession, and it was actually a requirement in order for you to join the church. Fucking Puritans. Yeah, so confession was like a huge part of their religion. And the idea of possession and witchcraft was a belief that was entertained by some of the most educated people of the time because of that. So possession is the idea of somebody being taken over by a demon or a spirit. Okay. Possession is not witchcraft but is the potential for witchcraft. So possession is what happens before you can perform witchcraft. So you become possessed by the devil who convinces you to become a witch. Oh, interesting. That's very interesting. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Can I just um, say something real quick? Yes. Potatoes were not in (laughs) North America until 1719. And the very first record of a potato is in Londonderry, New Hampshire. (gasps) <gasps> okay it's not impossible then it's not yeah. impossible yeah ha huh. all right i learned something today that is some good potato knowledge too. for my brain that is very good potato knowledge potato knowledge to fill our potato brains yes <laughs> i love that me too all right <laughs> okay so possession is how the devil convinces you to become a witch blah blah, blah. um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. ministers <laughs> could prevent the onset of witchcraft by helping the possessed adjust to their situation. Um, Specifically, their place in society. Oh. That was a huge belief. So I already know I'm going to have... I mean, I already know I'm going to have a lot of feelings about this. Yes. But I already know. Yes. So, and the other thing was that the ministers and magistrates in New England believed in witch hunting and the public execution of witches which cleansed the community of evil. Keep in mind that the Salem witch trials occurred only 20 years after what I'm about to talk about. Um, This is how I avoided talking about the Salem witch trials. I was like, I want to talk about them, but I don't really want to talk about them. (laughs) The Salem witch trials just make me very angry. Yes, yes. It makes me so very mad. And like, I'm not saying this doesn't make me either. It's just that makes me significantly more angry. And the other thing that I kind of wanted, actually, along those same lines, the other thing that I wanted to talk about is, like, or to bring up is, like, 
we are like pretty privileged to be able to sit here and like come out and say like, yeah, we're Satanists. Yeah, we're witches. Yeah, there's definitely still parts of the world where there are people still prosecuted for that. Yeah. Um, In that witch magazine that I was reading the other day, they um, made a point of like putting that in there and they like talked to a couple women like one in like Tunisia and the other one somewhere in South America and like one of them had been like burned yeah and another one just had like acid thrown on her face Mm -hmm. yeah so so there are still people that hold those beliefs yeah yeah, so we are really lucky to be in a position where we can talk about this so yeah definitely thank you for bringing that up you're welcome i feel like i can't (laughs) i can't like sit here and be like yeah all these people went through all this crap and like be able to like say that exactly um spoiler alert we have not in fact been possessed by the devil this is still us. It just so I happens mean, like, that maybe the devil is me and has always been me, but who knows? <laughs> yeah, man. I wish I wish I would be possessed. You want to take control for a little bit? Please. I would welcome go it. Go ahead. I would welcome it. Can you go to work for me too? Wow. Thanks. Thanks, Satan. That'd be so much easier. I need At this to make point- a kid a kid's storybook called Satan Goes to Work. And it's just him possessing someone and going to, like, work somewhere. I would actually love that as a children's story. Yeah. Yep. Oh, my God. That's way too good. In 2020, no, no, no. We're letting Satan take over. Nope. Just. (laughs) That can be the subtitle. Let Satan take over. (laughs) Let Satan take the wheel. Wow. Satan take the wheel. Oh, he will. (laughs) He will. Okay. Anyway. Uh. So. (laughs) According to Samuel Willard, who documented this entire thing, this is all everything that happened. So Samuel Willard was a prominent reverend at a Groton church. Um, Specifically, he was known for his sermons about damnation and obedience to God. So Mm -hmm. that's just something to keep in mind. Uh, So here we go. This all occurred between October 30th, 1671 and January 12th, 1672. Willard. Willard. Samuel Willard. At this time, he was pretty young, and he ha- he was a Harvard graduate, so he was well-educated, and he came from a very well-off family, and he had a staff of people who worked around his house. Elizabeth Knapp was the daughter of one of his farmers and one of his servants. So she was born into being a servant in his home, essentially. Okay. Um, she was born in 1655 and was about 16 when all of this happened. So Elizabeth Knapp had little schooling and knew nothing past her duties as a servant, daughter, or wife. That was all she knew, because that was the Puritan belief that as a woman, that those are your, you know, the majority of the labor. She had never been taught to write, and she had never left Groton her entire mm-hmm. life. She'd never left. Elizabeth was respectful of Willard and did her job, but pretty much all he did was sit around and read and write and travel. And that was just how things were back then. So... Okay. (sighs) Again, something to keep in mind. Um, So Elizabeth's mother seems to be the first person who reported anything strange happening to Elizabeth. She apparently started just carrying herself completely differently. She would just like yell out at random times, like during Sunday dinner or at church, she would just randomly like start yelling. (gasps) And she would laugh at like really inappropriate times. Uh, that was another thing where they were I like, mean, why are you laughing? Dude. Oh my <laughs> God. Is that why the church used to think I was possessed by the devil? Probably. I couldn't take anything they said seriously. Because I, I have like, a really oh, nervous laugh. Oh. <laughs> of that too. <laughs> oh. Yes. Ha 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 and then she did that. according to Willard, at first Elizabeth started to complain about random pains throughout her body. She would like grab at her legs and at her neck and she would like yell out that she was being strangled. Um she would go into emotional fits, she would start crying and screaming, sometimes hysterically laughing. She would lash out at others and try to attack them, and she sometimes would spit in their faces. Um she even went as far as to try to kill herself, and she tried to throw herself into a fire at one point. Wow, okay. Yeah, yeah, so it's 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 pretty bad. At one point, this part creeps me out, Willard noted that 
quote, her tongue was for many hours together drawn into a semicircle up to the roof of her mouth and could not be dislodged, despite the efforts of some people to do so. So her tongue was like pushed up against the roof of her mouth and nobody could like get her to stop. Weird. Yeah. All of this was followed by hallucinations. Mm -hmm. Uh, On multiple occasions, she said that she saw two people that were just like hanging out, like following her, walking around her. Um, Like, she would go down into the cellar to grab things, and she would just see these two, like, people. Once she said that she saw a man floating, like, around her bed. Um, So she's, like, seeing men specifically. That's the other thing that I noticed. Mm -hmm. So. Mm -hmm. On one occasion, she became extremely violent. She was, it was described as leaping around the room. um, And she was contorting her body. And it apparently was taking three to four people to, like, hold her down. And another thing that she did a lot was she would yell out the words money, money. Like she would just go money, money. And she would, she would yell sin and she would go misery, misery. Like those were like her, she would, those were like the words that she always said. Money, money, money. Money, I, money, I, money, I say money. that a lot too, but usually when I'm playing Minecraft. Yeah. Money. Money. Sin. <laughs> misery. Misery. I'm in the business of misery. Great song. Yeah, I know. <laughs> So on November 2nd, 1671, a few days after all of this started, or a few days after Willard started recording it, um, Elizabeth confessed that she had met with the devil himself, which is a huge thing to note because confession was a huge part of their belief. So she claimed that the devil came to see her and promised her money, youth, ease from labor, and the ability to see the world. She also claimed that he had presented her with a book of blood covenants that had been signed by other women. And he had offered to make her a witch. Interesting. That's pretty cool. Yes. Unfortunately, she said that the devil had tried to get her to kill herself and others, including Willard and his family. So she was like, no. So all this stuff, all this craziness happened until November 28th, when she had a fit that lasted a full 48 hours. Ooh, yikes. Yeah. Um, Afterwards, she was in a catatonic state until December 8th. So like a week, more mm-hmm. than a week. And on December 8th, she claimed that after being assaulted by the devil several times, she made a pact with him and even allowed him into her bed. Oh, bow, 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 bow. Um, however, a couple days after this, she claimed that she had been tempted, but she had not done so. She had said no. Oh, okay. So she's kind of, this is where it starts to like, she's like, not really following up with the things that she says. She'll say one thing and then she'll come back again and say the opposite. Or she'll say, oh no, like, I spoke with the devil and he said this. Oh, just kidding. I spoke with him and he said this. Weird. So yeah, another thing to keep in mind. So throughout the month of December, she was in and out of violent fits. um, And those got worse and worse as time progressed. Elizabeth said that she met with the devil almost daily and he would tempt her with fancy items and freedom. So there's that. And then... Willard claimed that she had started talking in a strange, deep voice and often just made like animal sounds. But the thing was that was that when she talked, she wouldn't move her mouth. Like Ew. her mouth wasn't moving. Ew. And the voices would come like from her throat and her throat would swell up when she was talking. Weird. Yeah. So Willard stated that the devil had spoken through her and had called him a rogue minister who told people a company of lies. <gasps> Sounds like all ministers. Mm. Um, <laughs> but he's a rogue minister, so I don't know what's up with that. It means his um, stealth is really high. <laughs> Perfect. He gets oh, bonus so this is attacks a D&D on character people. now. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. It always is. That makes sense. Yes, that makes sense. Okay, cool. The rogue minister. The rogue minister. Well, see, that makes him sound cool. Yeah, it does. He's just... (laughs) I don't know. I I have mixed feelings about this guy. You'll you'll see why. You'll see why. (laughs) Well, okay. Well, here we go. So Elizabeth had claimed that there was an older woman in town who was to blame for all of this, but Willard completely discounted the accusation because this woman was not a witch. She could not do such a thing. She just wasn't. She just wasn't. Uh... In January, Willard wrote that he met with Elizabeth and she confessed to him that the devil had taken control of her body. 
She said that since the devil was so much more powerful than she was, she had no control over anything that she said. The next night, she went into a, or she broke down and she was like hysterically sobbing. Um, Willard said that he had, quote, held her until late in the night, which was more than an hour. And I'm like, that's it? So I'm like, you gave her an hour of like being upset and then you were just like, you're on your own. Um, and apparently after this, she was completely speechless for at least five days. Like, she just didn't say anything wow. for the next five days. So unfortunately, this was where Willard ended his documentation. What? Why? I don't know. Why? I don't know. Like, she stopped talking and he thought that she was, like, fine. Weird. Okay. So when I was reading about this, I was kind of thinking, like, oh, they're going to do the thing where they're going to try and do an exorcism or something like that. There was n- none of that in this whole thing. No talk of exorcism or anything like that, which, like, I kind of do appreciate. And I think that it's because, like, Willard was trying to look at it from a medical perspective, but they, like, he had doctors come and look at her and they didn't know what was going on. So, like, he was trying to take, like, a more, like, a lesser religious approach to it, I guess. Um, That's why he was the rogue minister. I honestly think so. Yeah. 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 So part of the reason that he dropped this was that he said he wants to leave it to people who are, quote, more learned, aged, 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 and and learned, and learned, um, and judicious than he was. So he's pretty much saying, like, I don't feel like I can document this because I, yeah, because I'm underqualified. Um, However, he did make four final points towards the validity of the case. Okay. So the first one was that Elizabeth's di- distemper in no way could be counterfeit because it was physically impossible to fake some of her actions. Weird. So that's interesting. That's something. Her temper was not natural and was in fact diabolical in nature because of the length and strength of her fits. That was how he described it. It was diabolical. That's a very good word. Yes. I do like that word. Willard was convinced, however, that the devil was speaking through her um, because of the whole thing where she had her mouth. She was speaking with her mouth closed and the like a voice that wasn't her own came from her throat. Yeah. So that like was what convinced him about that. However, <laughs> he said that he had doubts that she had made a pact with the devil because she was so contradictory about what she said happened when she met with him. So she was, like, all over the place with her claims about what had happened when she talked to the devil. So she, he was like, ah, I'm not really sure about that part. So those were, like, the only things that he had to say about this whole thing. Okay. So we have to give, I, I mean, I, like, I have to give Willard some credit because he did try to look at this from a more, like, medical perspective. Um, but still, when they couldn't provide an explanation, he was like, she's possessed. And the other important thing was that Willard was entirely in charge of this whole entire process. And throughout this time, it seemed like Elizabeth had the most violent, like, fits when he was there. So it kind of makes you think about, like, what's going on in the background there. (sighs) Um, Because he was in charge of this whole fucking thing. Yeah. Yeah. And he recorded... Unreliable narrator, man. Exactly. He was the one who recorded all of this. Yeah. Um... So the information is kind of, like, filtered into just that. There was another guy named, I think it was, like, Cotton Mathers or something like that, um, that he had he had passed this information on to who also wrote about it. Okay. But other than that, like, all of the starting information comes from him. So the reason why, okay, another reason why I want to give this guy a little bit of credit is that um, after this whole thing happened... Willard went on to give a lot of really powerful sermons in Salem during the witch trials, and he was of the belief that the trials should be held in a fair and legal way. Um, He also discredited a lot of evidence of conviction for several women. Wow. Yeah, so like... I wonder if he was like, nah, dude, I've seen real possession. Like, y'all are not... That's kind of like... (sighs) part of it where he's like i've seen worse than this like yeah nothing's happening here like i've seen worse so he kind of helped a little bit i guess so yeah okay elizabeth was not a witch to our knowledge 
nor was she possessed. She went on to marry Samuel Scripture, and she lived out her life as a good Puritan wife and mother. Weird. So... So everything just stopped? I guess so. Weird. Um, she almost completely disappeared from the public record after 1674. A lot of the articles and stuff that I read said that she completely dropped off the earth after that. And I had to dig a little bit further to find people saying that she had 10 children and like she had a whole bunch of descendants. Um, there's like still a lot of her descendants like on the internet, like looking for information about their ancestry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but she died between 1720 and 1728. Oh, okay. Um, She lived to be, math, 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 about, like, 70? So she, like, she did okay. So I have a few theories written down of what we really, of what I really think happened. Obviously, this all comes from, like, articles and stuff, but I'd be very curious to hear your thoughts. Because I think you're going to pull some of these things out. Yeah, probably. What it sounds like is she just, like, like had, like, a mental break, man. 16 and you're, like, a servant your whole life and, like, Mm -hmm. probably being sexually abused by someone because Mm -hmm. that's just what happens. And, like, she just, like, couldn't take it anymore. Yep. Um, And it sounds like she just had, like, a three-month, like depressive period and then like finally was able to like break down and cry it out and then like didn't talk for a few days and was like all right Mm -hmm. maybe the devil was there though i don't know (laughs) i don't know about the throat speaking yeah that that part like threw me off yeah that was like the big part that kind of has me being like did he exaggerate that part or that's what i think is like was she just like like because like I can yeah. make weird noises. I can make weird noises, too. Yeah. Like. Yeah. 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 Okay. So so the ones that I had written down were the big one that you just mentioned was that she was dissatisfied with her situation. So she was depressed. Yeah. Or, yeah. And another thing. Oh, sorry. I wrote these in a weird order. It's um, okay. So <laughs> servants, servants in Puritan New England were treated very harshly, especially women who were expected to do most of the manual labor. Um, they cared for the entire house and for all the children. So, um, you know, she's 16 years old. She's never left. She's never had an education. None of that. So, yeah, that definitely probably has a lot to do with it. Um, another theory that I saw was that it's kind of important to think about once the possession started, she no longer had to do her work as a servant. Mm. So mm-hmm. she could have used this as an excuse to speak out against people who had authority over her, including Willard and her father. And another thing is, in a way, the possession moved her up in society. Mm -hmm. Uh, So she was now known throughout town and was no longer considered just a 16-year-old servant. So that's, like, another thing. It could be, like, a manipulation thing. But, I mean, like, the thing is that, like, she was, like, obviously very unhappy with her lack of, like, financial resources, her work as a servant, her limited horizons. Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of, like, it's kind of rude for me to be, like, she was just doing it to manipulate people. But that's, like, it's true. Like, it did kind of help her, you know? She didn't have to do her work anymore. That's what I was gonna say. Is like, I bet even if, like, something happened, like, she milked it and, like, I get it. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. So those are two big things. So this was the big thing that, like, made me kind of reassess everything in my head. So modern medicine has been helpful in uh, shedding some light on this whole situation. Yes. It now appears that Elizabeth most likely was afflicted with adult-onset chorea, C-H-O-R-E-A, also known as Huntington's disease. Oh my god. Have you heard of this? Yeah, I know what Huntington's disease is. Okay, I had not heard of it until literally now. So it's a rare genetic disorder. Eight people in every 100,000 in Europe and North America suffer from it. So that's like a decent amount of people. Eight people Mm -hmm. in every 100,000. So what it does is it causes selective deterioration of certain parts of the brain that specifically control movement. Um, The main symptoms, which typically appear around puberty, Mm -hmm. are excessive, spontaneous, irregular movements of the limbs that worsen over time. 
The key thing is that this sometimes leads to a neurological deterioration and can cause apathy, irritability, weight loss, manic depression, and schizophrenia. So there's that. Yeah. Um, and apparently when you're sleeping is the only time that you're not vulnerable to it. There's currently no cure, but those who suffer are normally placed on antipsychotic medication. The thing that kind of threw me off, though, again, is that people who have this disease typically die 10 to 25 years after the onset. And she lived to be, like, 70. Weird. So that was kind of the thing that was like, okay, maybe that's not it. Um, Because it was the 1600s. Like, they didn't have antipsychotic medications. They didn't have the knowledge that we have now. So I don't really know what they could have done to help her if that was what it really was. Weird. Okay. So I'm still not really sure, but um, I'm still going to blame early Puritan New England. Yeah, that seems like the main cause of this. Yes. In reality. Yes. (laughs) Thanks, but no thanks. But anyway, that is uh, the story of the Groton witch, quote, witch, or the possession of Elizabeth Knapp. Wow. That was great. Thank you. You're welcome. Wow. Another thing that leads back to mental health. Yay. (sighs) Yeah. I was going to say, I was surprised that you chose a possession story, because normally we get pretty angry about it, but that was pretty tame, so I appreciated it. That's part of why I chose it, because I thought that, I, you know, I'm trying to stick with the whole, like, October Halloween theme, but I didn't want to keep choosing ghosts, so I thought w- that with all this media that comes out all the time about possession, and there's, like, so many movies about people being possessed and exercised and stuff like that, I wanted to kind of, like make people think a little bit more about where that comes from yeah uh yeah happy halloween month happy halloween (laughs) month and we learned a lot about potatoes today that's true and you know what so she lived she lived until 1720 she definitely had potatoes so potatoes were around for 30 years and they didn't make it like 20 miles south Mm -hmm. well i know what i'm doing as a tribute to uh elizabeth knapp that's for sure. Potatoes are brought in. Yes. This is for you, Elizabeth. Oh, what did her uh, descendant have to say in her book? Um, did you look I don't into know if that it was. I don't know if it was necessarily that she wrote a book. I think that oh. what that article was, it was yeah, it was just an article um, that one of her descendants wrote about like some of the information that she had dug up from looking through their like ancestry and stuff like that, and pretty much just being like, no, she didn't, she didn't just drop off the face of the earth in the 1670s, you know, she like got married and she had 10 kids and I'm one of her grand seventh, seventh grandchildren or something like that. Okay. So yeah, that was pretty much it. But like, literally it's just like, most of the stuff that I found is just her descendants trying to figure out um how they're related to her so weird that's i mean that's kind of cool it is really cool is also really cool Mm -hmm. i mean if i found out that i was like related to somebody who was quote-unquote possessed even like before the salem witch trials yeah like that's pretty cool so this is what happened before the salem witch trials i guess they just didn't didn't even give them any time to exhibit any kind of crazy symptoms like this, they were just like, ah, this, Hang <laughs> this bitch down the street said that you looked at her weird. Hang them. You bought the same shoes as her. Oh my god. I can't talk about it. I'm just gonna get angry. That's another reason why I did this. I wanted to avoid it. I know. If you're unfamiliar with the Salem Witch Trials, please go read into it. I don't even know, like, Be prepared a good to get place mad. to start. You um, can read The Crucible. Yes. That was an awful play. That's where I started in, that's like how I learned about it in school. And like the reason why it helped was because it's like, it puts you in their place. Yeah, yeah. Actually, The Crucible is a pretty good resource. It is dramatized. It's so dramatized. Um, So dramatic. I believe the main thing is like the main girl accuser is having an affair with someone, but uh, that wasn't real. So there's that. Oh, well. I definitely need to reread it. Yeah. Just for fun. Yeah. I feel like I watched something, read something recently about the Salem Witch Trials. I don't know. I'll think about it. Yes. Yes. In the meantime, would you like to get meducated? Yeah. Okay. Yes, I would. So, at one point, uh, one of the other things I talked about at some point was, like, how um, 
smoking weed can affect like your anxiety like differently if you're a male versus a female Mm. um so i wanted to look into that a little bit more and see why cannabis uh, affects men and women differently and i'm using this term broadly and it really comes down to um hormones anyways Mm -hmm. so we'll take it take it as it comes all right this is not very trans inclusive so, so basically, the the article that I'm looking at is um, what the fuck is this website? Marijuana Doctors is the website, mm-hmm. and it was uh, written on five twenty one two thousand nineteen and updated on January twenty first twenty twenty by Doctor Joseph Rosado, and he has a bunch of qualifications. Okay, cool. So he's qualified to the to review this information. Okay, okay. Good enough okay. for me. So, basically, it comes down to brain receptors. So, the chemicals in cannabis work by binding to unique receptors in your brain, and they are cannabinoid receptors because your body naturally produces cannabinoids. Mhm. And so we already have those receptors in our brain. So the efficient, the artificial cannabinoids that you get from marijuana affect them the same way. So the main thing that affects how many of those receptors you have is your, like, sex. Basically, if you were born a female, the higher levels of estrogen and progesterone and stuff like that, your sex hormones, mm-hmm. they make it so you have a greater amount of the cannabinoid receptors in your brain. Oh, nice. I remember one of the one of the first things that I learned about cannabinoids was that it's like, oh my God, it's uh, like the main chemical your brain releases when you're breastfeeding. Oh, what? Yeah. So Weird. you get, like, high, which is, oh. like, what helps you bond to your child, basically. Your body is, like, creating this, Whoa. like... Oh, Weird. Yeah. yeah. Just weird evolutionary things. Yeah, right? That's it's so uh, strange. Okay. So your sex hormones don't just uh, affect the number of brain receptors. Um, certain ho- hormones have a direct effect on the chemicals in cannabis. Um, estrogen is the main one it regulates the production of fatty acid amide hydrolase a chemical that degrades the endocannabinoid anadamide which is oh oh endocannabinoid which is the human body's natural version of thc which yes. got, which i was just talking about yeah, yeah, yeah so when you decrease estrogen levels that fatty acid is produced less oh. um am i am i am i am i am i high oh no it's just um so it regulates it so it actually uh if if there's less estrogen that fatty acid is like Overproduced, oh, um, so it breaks down the endocannabinoids a lot faster. Oh, and so it reduces your response to THC. So that's why people with high testosterone and low estrogen, they have a oh god, a lower tolerance, <laughs> and also tend to have more anxiety and depression in response to THC. Wow. Interesting. So that's interesting that we like we already like talked about how weed can affect people with high levels of estrogen, their anxiety positively. So it's kind of interesting that like the body's natural lack of this or the yeah, the natural lack of um estrogen like makes affects it so that. it's the opposite. Like that's crazy. What was that? You said affects that and I thought you said Alexa. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> I accidentally activated the Alexa. I turned around to Jeff and I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Not me. <laughs> it was not me. I know it wasn't. I didn't hear anybody say Alexa. Well, Rude. okay. So actually earlier today, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt it's okay. you. It's okay. Do it. <sighs> earlier today, I was uh, in the bath and I was holding the iPad in my hand and I was reading articles on Elizabeth Knapp and um, 
all of a sudden the iPad like lights up really bright, like the brightness goes up and it starts like making this like really loud noise and it's the find my iPhone noise and it says find my iPhone like notification or something like that. And so I like, I was like dismiss and like that was it, but it was like out of nowhere. So like- you know what the find my iPhone thing does, right? It's yeah. It literally is just like if you have an Apple device, you like search for your other Apple device. Uh, and so, did... no. So okay. I got out of the bath and I was like, Jeff, did you, were you looking for the iPad or something? And he was like, no. Like, I didn't do it. It was like, okay, weird. Weird. So that Very was strange. Weird. So Jeff changed the passwords on all the iPads. <laughs> Sick. Yeah, good. <laughs> just in case. I don't yeah. know. All the iPads. Our two iPads. All of them. All of our many iPads. All right. Anyway. <clears throat> but yeah, no, that that's very, that's very weird. Mm-hmm. All right. So sex hormones, brain receptors. The other thing um, is metabolic differences. As always, it's important to note that these were just preclinical studies. They're still being researched. There's still information to find out because legalization is still so new. We are mm-hmm. just getting our feet. We're dipping our feet into this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it, this is like a suggestion. It's like they've found like a correlation between some data. And now they're like, maybe this is a thing we should look into. Okay. Which is the metabolic differences, um, which suggests that men and women metabolize marijuana differently. And it's thought to be tied into the sex hormones, which we already know affect um, THC. So it's like that might be a connection. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, they just think that for whatever reason, men and women metabolize THC, CBD the chemicals of marijuana differently than each other. So that's basically it. <laughs> that's it for that. Yeah. yeah. I'm just like, I'm just like thinking because I think I remember this is like, this information is like eight years old. So I don't know if I remember it correctly in my head, but I feel like I remember learning that like alcohol affects men and women differently. So if it's like a certain kind yeah. of drug, you know, it's still a drug. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. So I mean, like, your metabolic rate, like, differs from person to person, you know? Like, it's all different, so yeah, everyone is different. So I don't see why there couldn't be a correlation there. Yeah. So does that all, does all of that go back to just, like, what balance of hormones you have? I think so. That's pretty much what I'm, like, picking up is, like, yeah. if you have decreased levels of estrogen, your fatty acids are basically going like they're being produced at a higher rate Mm -hmm. which is breaking down the thc at a higher rate so theoretically if you have more estrogen levels your fatty acid the amide hydrolase is regulated more Mm -hmm. it's regulated better so you're actually able to heighten the response to thc that you get artificially cool yeah so i thought i thought that was really really cool that is really cool Um, it's very very strange it is much to think about especially as someone who's trans and has considered taking testosterone before now i'm like that's so that's kind of where my brain that's where my brain was going so if i so if i start taking testosterone am i gonna get less high um also that was just like the peak of the article they go into like different like specifics on the male male versus female quote unquote yeah Um, yeah yeah and they get into the fact that like men are like three times more likely to develop drug dependencies including marijuana but it's also like it's a huge mix of like socioeconomical and cultural factors and yeah yeah it, yeah it, okay, like yep. it goes way beyond like something that they can write down and be like this is a biological thing and they're because they're like we don't know uh-huh 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 yeah i was gonna say when you're sur- surrounded by like a certain environment or a certain belief like from the moment you're born like does that affect like 
you're, like I'm sure it affects your Absolutely. brain composition somehow. Absolutely. So, oh my god. Yeah. Okay. I mean, there's things that like you're born with, and then there's things that you're raised with, and it's not. Mm-hmm. I hate this phrase, nature versus nurture. Because yeah. I think you're born with a lot of things, but I think you're also, you become your environment as you grow up. So, yeah. you know, it's like some of both. And I think that's like kind of the thing that's happening with um, like the research that's going on with weed. Because they're like, what what is, how much of this is biological and how much of it is socioeconomical like yep so it's a lot to think about and it can't i don't think it can be just uh like summed up as like oh like estrogen makes you more high with a bigger tolerance you know like i don't think that's something that anyone is going to be ever be able to say and uh yeah, yeah. absolutely so, nice if you're trans and you were born with a vagina and decided to take testosterone at some point, talk to me. I would like to know if weed affects you differently before and after you take hormones. I'm genuinely curious. Also- I'm also curious. Yes. Also, trans people that were born with a penis, please let us know how marijuana has affected you differently before and after hormones as well. Oh, that would be a survey I would love to do. We don't have to share your answers- on the podcast oh god or yeah no of course um, not this is just for a little personal knowledge so help a bitch out but that's it that's some education yeah well thank you it was great you're welcome oh, great <laughs> okay well i guess that's it um thank you guys so much for listening if you want to find us tell them where they can find us you can just go <laughs> to yourbrainonweird.squarespace.com. All of our social media links are there. All of our links to places where you can listen to us are there. The only thing that I haven't finished yet is a list of episodes because it's going to take me a long time. That's fair. So you can find us wherever you find your podcasts or on our website. Website. And that's it. And it looks really cool. It I'm does. really proud of it. Really good. It looks really oh cool. All of our art is on there. Oh crap! I need to. I need to put credit on. Uh, I need to put credit on two of those things. Yes. But yeah. So thank you, thank you to Seth and to Dom and to Tessa. Tessa, yeah, for all of our cool art stuff that's on the website. I'm gonna make sure your names are on those right now. Yes. <laughs> uh. Fuck yeah. Great. That's amazing. Thanks again for joining us. And this has been Your Brain on Weird. Good night. Go get some cheesy potatoes. Cheesy potatoes. Do it for the Groton Witch. Do it for the Groton Witch. (laughs)